0: Listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music.
1: I love it. How you doing,
0: man? I'm doing well. Doing well. Had a busy morning, but I've been looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> yeah, like how, uh, how have you been?
1: I'm good, man. It's you know it's release season, so you know how it is. It's uh, there's always something going on. Oh, yeah, <laughs> getting ready. Well,
0: uh, too soon. So I'm. Well, speaking of that, I mean, I can cut straight to you know your your recent release. Uh, tell me you love me, man. I, I love it. It's a wonderful track, brother. <laughs> hey, thank you, man. Hey, you know, I'm
1: gonna tell you, I really do appreciate that, and um, I don't take that for granted either, man. Uh, a lot of great work is went in on that that song, and mm-hmm. uh, it just feels good to finally get it out to the world because I've been sitting oh, yeah. on it. The- Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it's a sweet song and uh man you have a, a wonderful voice and uh it's a you know great just high quality you know production and beat it's, it's just great man it's got me excited thank you
1: man thank you man that that makes me happy bro well, i tell you this if you like that there's a lot more where that came from That's so uh <laughs>
0: i look forward to sharing that you know awesome well um how are you how, how have you been man i'm good man
1: i, I tell you it's um I've been excited. I feel like I've been in this long state of excitement, you know, Mm. um, for the past couple of weeks, just because I knew this song was coming out. Mm -hmm. And this song starts kind of a new season for me as a person, as an artist. Um, Mm. And it starts kind of a new wave of music that I've honestly been working on for a while. Mm. Um, And um, it just feels like the right time to release it. Um, Everybody says there is no right time to release music, but I believe if you got to you got to make sure people can hear the music, too. You know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so um, myself, along with uh, the label that I partner with, Effective Music, that, you know, is kind of like, you know, a part of my heart as well. Mm. We work really hard to get this stuff ready for everybody to hear it and for the world to experience the music, Um, everybody on the team at Effective Music. You know, I'm not new to putting out records. You know, uh, I'm not yeah. new to putting out albums, etc., or or even just producing them. But True. I am a first time independent artist. You know, mm. yeah. And so for me, this release is just it's it feels like a moment on so many levels. You know, mm. yeah. So I'm cool, man. I can't complain. How about
0: you? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've been good. Um, you know, I, I took a little break here um, during the summer, just uh, for a few days, and then I just happened to get a cold that's been going around. So I had a little longer break than I wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you know, whenever you, whenever you're a your musician or you have projects in the mix and stuff planned, you know, if you get sick for like a few days, it can really throw things off for like a week or two. <laughs> yeah, it can. It's all the rescheduling, and you know, just getting caught back up to whatever condition you were in you know whatever uh so anyways uh so this this week has been my first like normal week like normal projects got the interviews lined up you know Mm -hmm. working on the graphics getting you know just networking doing the normal stuff this is yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. but uh you know but i love it that makes me feel uh, good (laughs) makes me feel like Mm -hmm you know like the like the Bill Withers song you know use me like i feel good when i'm actually you know getting used and and i i can do the things i know i can do you know yeah you know, just hanging out you know or like what i say nowadays it's like if i ever tell you i'm just chilling i'm probably ignoring a responsibility <laughs> bro that's that's how i feel man
1: i mean unless you know it depends sometimes i'm trying to learn how to rest intentionally that's mm, the thing oh, I'm yeah. how i'm trying to do right now Cause Mm. in in seasons like these, getting rest is like a weird thing, you know. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yeah. Even though it has the most power, it has the most power, man. You can get a lot from rest, you know.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, it it offers a new like uh, perspective. It's like you get to digest the things you've been so obsessed with. (laughs) That's why. That's why meditation and or just like contemplation in general is so important for people that are trying to plan things. I mean, like complex things, you know, and very uh social things too like you can't just like jump into it and just think it's gonna work out you gotta really think you gotta consider these things and I do agree and, with uh, that man I do agree with that a hundred percent man where are you from I'm from Dallas oh
1: you in oh man oh yeah. I know all about that place <laughs> I spent, I just spent two weeks there man actually it was maybe like three weeks in Dallas in
0: February it's crazy yeah yeah when you're uh at uh, Arco with with Snarky, yeah, man, we had yeah. a great time. Oh, yeah, man. that was that was crazy. I was out of town the week y'all were doing that, but I was there the day y'all broke down. So I was there like the morning when everything was it was kind of put away at Arco because John Larue is a friend of mine, and I I do actually my my other job is I do signs and graphics and, and design. um really? So yeah, so I like all like all my stuff for the show. It's all me, like the website and and all that. It's it's just stuff that I've done. Um, but so I helped John out with some posters and stuff. So I made sure to go with it, go there the morning after uh, so it I could see all the setups cool. and stuff. Because I wasn't there, you know, while yeah. the, though the recording was happening, but I got to see it. But, man, first of all, you know, uh, there's only one song released, right, from that so far? Yeah. The Trinity yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Freaking love that song.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: it's a good one. It was,
1: it was one of the highlights of the session, to be honest, uh, just because of the party we had every
0: night when we played it, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, can you you know talk about that recording experience a little bit? It was great, man. You know, a lot of people know
1: me. Well, I won't. I'll say this: uh, mm-hmm. most people know me as a drummer, right? Yeah. Sure. But you know, Snarky provides an, a, a space for me to just play the drums. You feel mm-hmm. me? um mm-hmm. Because m- myself as a singer is starting to sometimes take precedent you know over mm. the drums oh kind of naturally right it's like oh the singer oh the guy who sings oh you know the guy who plays the drums as well right right but i've put in a lot of years on that instrument and um mm. and i love playing the drums and snarky allows me to be able to to explore all different facets of what i can do drumming and just my musical mind It keeps me sharp keeps me fresh keeps me mm. creative you know yeah yeah I And so playing and being a part of Snarky Puppy, that collective, is honestly the greatest outlet you can possibly ask for Hmm. for a a guy who's trying to be a part of redefining the sound of soul music. You know, yeah, Yeah. Um, as a guy who's trying to write and create these soulful moments in music. To be a part of a collective that is bridging the gap between cultures and concepts of musical composition. That's a great space to be in, to be inspired, to create. And that's that's what I'm so thankful for, because with Mm. Snarky, because of Snarky Puppy, I'm allowed with my career to just be that guy and then be who I am. Right. You know, it's all who I am, but you get what I'm saying, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, it's like, um, I'm trying to think of someone like Corey Henry. It's like some people might think of him and be like, Oh yeah. You know, he was with Snacky Poppy for a minute, but then like he has a tremendous, you know, discography of his own, you know, stuff, and the stuff he's done with the Funk Apostles and all that. But like the, yeah, like I'm sure it's like a great, um, like, could you say all the blending and the, you know, the fellowship, it's just, it's, it's a great, Community to, to to dedicate musicianship to. I mean, you know, that's is. what you're. That's you're just you're you're just focused, you know. But you're, I don't know. It it just seems like you're all to feel so uh, at ease, but just you know, really focused, just about it. You know, you're about the music, and and you're ready to see what that becomes. You know, that's I, so agree. Awesome. I agree. I
1: yeah. agree. I love when you said we're about the music too, because that's really there's a the, the, the environment there is something that you know it's unlike anything i've ever experienced because everybody's really good at what they do mm, <laughs> but also mm-hmm. like everybody is extremely um uh you know there's a lot of care for artistry yeah yeah or musical ideas and so when you get that all in one room poof,
0: like it's you learn so much you know yeah so, well it's like it's not a think tank it's like a <laughs> it's like whatever that is like times 10 like yeah, <laughs> it's just exactly. concentrated you know knowledge art tank. <laughs> yeah yeah there you go <laughs> yeah yeah so it was cool man
1: and it's cool and it was for me it was also great because it was like i did that and then you know i had i had already been working on my music for mm. this new season of, of art that i was trying to put out and so to go and learn 20 songs with Snarky was like, almost like a, it was like a, like a vacation in a way, you know, because, <laughs> you know, I'm not the one that's going to be dealing with the Final Files, the ending yeah. yeah. and all. No, like I was
0: kinda just... Kind of be the hired gun and do your thing.
1: <laughs> I was I was having fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not having fun while I'm creating music for sure. Jameson, but it's just a different kind of mindset, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So and I'm, I'm happy, man, because here I am now where I got the single from Snarky Puppy, Trinity out and I'm playing the drums and I got the single Tell Me You Love Me out yeah. from Jamison
0: Ross. And that feels good. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how did you how did you get uh plugged into Snarky or how long have you been playing with them? Uh, I got plugged in with them
1: maybe about 2016. I was at <laughs> North Sea Jazz Festival. Hmm. playing with Cecile McLaurin-Salvant. I don't know if hmm. you know. She's an amazing vocalist. Uh, it's kind of funny because uh, <laughs> my first album, I believe, had not come out yet. Um, hmm. I think my first album, you know what? I take this back. I got plugged in with Snark in 2013 because my first album had not come out yet, but I had won the month competition at the time. Oh. Thelonious Monk competition, which is basically this, you know, super, whatever you call it, one of those superstar, quotation marks, jazz competitions. Yeah. Um, anyway, competition is a tough word in music and art, but mm. that's what it was. It's a, it's a basically an award. You get a bunch of money and a recording contract through the Thelonious Monk Institute, which is now mm. called Herbie Hancock Institute, I believe. Oh, and, yeah. right. and it gives you like a golden key to your career. Long story yeah. short, through that, Uh, I met Cecile McLaurin-Servant, who's also a winner. Um, We toured. I toured with her band, and I was touring in Rotterdam at North Sea Jazz Festival and went late night to hang at Snarky Puppy Jam Session. Balow, Hmm. Layla Hathaway. It was a hang, a big hang. Um, I met Larnell. I'm I'm Spud. I knew Spud for, for a little while. Long story short, I got a call one day from Michael League after sitting in that night which I think you can see that night on on YouTube. You can actually find the night I sat in with. Somebody. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. <laughs> and uh, and he said, "Man, hey, can you do South America? Can you do South America with us for um three weeks?" And 2016, I did South American tour, and then I recorded on Famine Dinner Volume Two. I did immigrants, oh and then so I was a part of the family. I started touring a lot after that with them and then i started being on records i did immigrants i played drums on immigrants the record and then here i am now you know on the new empire central record with them and uh touring with them as well still i'll be with them in october for the european tour uh and so it's it's been a great relationship you know and i from sitting in to touring you know yeah that's wonderful. Well, you have a busy year. <laughs> oh man, bro, bro, you know, wait to till, wait to till, wait till my new album drops. It's going to be crazy.
0: <laughs> I can't wait, brother. I can't. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so, it's pretty cool. What uh so what kind of uh, you know, in, inspired you to start playing or making music to to begin with? Man, I grew up in church, man. Oh, okay. Gotcha. My my grand my grandfather was a pastor.
1: I have pastors all in my family, like my uncles. Mm, minister to music. I mean, my dad was a minister to music as well for for a church, and he wrote songs, right. played piano. So I had a very musical family. Beautiful, um, but not a musical from the standpoint of, uh, you know, education. It was more so like cultural upbringing.
0: Sure. You feel yeah, me? and appreciation. Yeah,
1: yeah. So going to school for music, I was the first. First generation to go to school and study music, mm. like, and go to college and study music, which changed my trajectory big time. Mm. I think that's where jazz came into the fold, even going to art schools and high school and like being a part of the artistic environment from a young age. That changed everything for me, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, it started to open my scope, give me a level of legitimacy, clarity of how to communicate what I was experiencing in my cultural upbringing and Mm. it gave me a lot of vision about where i could go and what i could do with my musical gifts um and so that was my start man that feeling of playing sacred music with the message Mm -hmm. and and invigorating that joy you know through through notes and tones and songs and lyrics that was my start uh and so i think it's kind of funny how here i am now having this this perspective of music that is full of soul, uh, embodying that kind of soulful exchange. Yeah. It's just basically full circle, you know? Uh, yeah. And um, mm. I'm just utilizing all of my experiences, you know, my, my years of studying jazz, the, the, the research that I learned in college to be able to study different idioms, concepts, mm. sounds, periods and genres, eras. Yeah. When I did that, that opened my head up. And so, you know, my upbringing was huge. Jacksonville, Florida, man, you know, uh, Duval County. Uh, I, I owe a lot to that place.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah. So what made you focus on drumming? Or, or was it, it, were you focused on drumming or were, were you more in the singing at first?
1: You know, oh, when I first started playing music, it was kind of a blur, to me what I was focused on because mm. around me growing up, man, you kind of just did whatever. Like, I mean, it, it was nothing for me to be on the organ at one moment, be yeah. on the drums, to be singing a song. Like you just kind of jumped in, you know, but yeah, I think just... I started taking drums really seriously around, uh, ninth grade, hmm. like in high school.
0: Uh, any, any reason? Like, um, I think hear, like, was... one song that was like, wow. That was drum. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It was the audition. I think to get in, because I think drums at the, at, the, at the time, you know, I think it just started pulling on me, you know, because I think I was still playing piano a lot in my grandfather's church. Mm. you know, But drums started to kind of pull on me. I'll say mm. that. I had yeah. a certain affinity and the sound I was starting to develop on the drums was something that was sticking out mm. for me and others, to be honest. <laughs> And, um, and I had a certain feel on the instrument, you know, that I thought just superseded everything else I had, you know, yeah. uh, at least at the moment, because my voice was something I was very shy to use. Mm. Uh, so my singing is something that I never really got comfortable with, you know, mm. and still to this day, it's like it's like a very vulnerable space for me to sing, which sure. may be why it's gotten me so much success, I guess, you know, mm. <laughs> (laughs) Hmm, Or or just, you know, maybe it penetrates in a certain way because it's so real, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, But drums was definitely the principal instrument. I I could not agree more. It it, it spoke to me and and uh, and uh, my voice was always there. My my dad would always push me to sing and I would always end up crying because I was nervous, you know, and I was really (laughs) young. So I think he may have saw something. My Mm. grandmother definitely did. She was a minister of music as well. She played piano and sang. And she always told me that she felt like my success would be tied to my voice. She Mm. always said that to me. She was like, Mm. you're not using the thing that is going to really do it for you. (laughs) Mm. And so here I am using the thing <laughs> uh
0: the thing you know what i mean yeah uh, yeah that's wonderful did you yeah. did you ever see yourself you know blending that and and doing them both in tandem no no that was pure
1: evolution of artistry of like practicing it more yeah 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 it was pure like it was such an organic ex- a process that was an organic mm. process for me to sing and play the drums uh I remember studying um, in college. I was studying some, I think it was Max Roach or it may have been Joy Spring or Max Roach or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was trading fours with my professor, Leon Anderson in Tallahassee, Florida. Mm -hmm. And I'm trading fours with him. This was the first moment I realized that my brain was starting to think differently about this melody rhythm thing, singing Mm -hmm. and drumming. Mm -hmm. And I started singing my fours. We would trade fours back. You know, mm-hmm. playing over a form. And and I started like singing out what I was playing rhythmically. Mm-hmm. So I would just be singing out exact, like putting melody to what I was playing around the drums. And yeah. he looked at me and he said, hey, man, you got something there. You should keep doing that. He felt like my singing ability or what I, whatever I was channeling was changing and giving me a unique approach to phrasing. Mm. around the drum kit yeah and that started it that was the moment where I realized oh wait a minute this is I'm hearing this differently and I should lean
0: into this Hmm. you know creatively yeah Uh, creatively yeah like coming up and 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 workshopping it with the drums like in tandem yeah and not maybe perceiving it as like you see Phil Collins do it and you're like well he probably did them separately and just performs them together exactly exactly And so that was the first part. And so that's
1: why when people see me perform live, they see the drums and the voice. Cause the evolution of it really came through that lens of like this is to, this is the concept together. of rhythm and melody yeah. together. Mm. Conceptual. Like mm. musical, this is the concept. Yeah. And so, you know, my my, my 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 drum soloing, my phrasing, my time all had that melodic perspective in it. Mm which also made me extremely supportive as a drummer, which Mm -hmm. also made me extremely sensitive as a drummer. It made Mm -hmm. me have great decision-making as a drummer because I had a sense of vocabulary as a singer that I was also thinking about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That was the first key that unlocked the gate of the singing drummer, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and um, it, it was conceptual. I want to be clear about that. It wasn't gimmicky. It was about the concept of rhythm and melody, mm. about exploring that concept.
0: Yeah. Okay? Well, it's um, like, um, yeah. like I, I want to say it. I mean, it's definitely what's going on in the preceding albums. But you know, it's like that's what you know Marvin Gaye. That's what he was known for doing too. Is just building off a of rhythm and just trying to get into a flow but being obsessed with the rhythm, you know, and, and, and just trying to have a conversation with it, you know, and not trying to, cause I mean, I think that's what, what, what's going on was originally was, was him just reading lines that he had come up with, but was, he was just workshopping it over a beat that they just kept going. And then, and it became that, you know, they, they stylized it and obviously edited it, but um, yeah. And if you listen to stuff, like, have you ever listened to the album, uh, you're the man, I think it oh, came out like bro. two or three years ago.
1: <laughs> bro. Bro, hold on. You're about to make me go down a rabbit hole.
0: Can you still see
1: Uh-oh. me? <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. Now you're talking about some, bro. Because see, here's the thing. Bro. So, okay. Okay. So this is, I call it the art of the mumble pass. That's what I call mm-hmm. it. Okay. The, the mumble pass, what it does is it puts you in this position where you have this groove and this rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you you basically are kind of channeling and obsessing over and searching over what you're hearing. Right. And what ends up happening is if you do that long enough, not only does the song come out, but you start bringing continuity. You start hearing mm. what the song is supposed to say. You start mm. feeling what direction to go in melodically. Like it just yeah. starts coming out of you, yeah. you know?
0: It's like the spirit um, of the song, yeah.
1: Yeah, and to me, when you talk about Marvin and, and being obsessed with the rhythm, and I feel like he gets to that on he he's getting to that
0: level of channeling. Oh yeah, you well, know what I mean. Post or during what's going on is definitely the signature time of that because that's when he's trading hands from. You write for me. <laughs> now he's like, no, I'm going to write my own thing. <laughs> yep. and, and in order for it to feel, because, you know, he was a session drummer. So, I mean, he, he understands how to build it. Uh, but he also he wanted to not control it, but just it to be more him, you know, because, I mean, that was the, I mean, any artist wants that. But he he had made the deal with Barry Gordy that, you know, they didn't think that the album was going to do well. But he, he gave what's going on was his chance. It's like if it does well, then maybe we'll, do, we'll let you do that again. If it doesn't, then you're never doing that again. And it did well. It did so well that they kind of got freaked out, and then they didn't release *You're the Man* until three years ago. They got, they kept Great. that in the vault, and, and that's basically what's going on. Part two, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, but like that—that that is like the time where he had artistic control. You know, he could write how he wanted to write for the most part. And yeah, I think that's what he was trying to channel. As the, he had, he, because had, like how long had he had been in the industry at that point? Like definitely over a decade. And so he, he had the experience to to fashion those melodies and those interactions with the rhythm because he had the freedom to now. But he also just was inspired by the rhythm so much.
1: Bro, you are hitting me right where right in the soul of where I am <laughs> right now, um, mm. because this new the new music that I've been working on was all created in that space. This is my first independent project and my first mm. 100% all original project I've ever done. Mm. I, yeah. I definitely have 10 plus years of experience in the industry. My first tour, I was 19 years old playing with Carmen Lundy mm. in Europe. You know, I've worked mm. my way through. I'm 35, I'm 34 years old now. And here I am now putting out my first independent project. Yeah. With that is fully, And literally, bro, when I say creative control was all my like my mumble passes are the songs like Mm, my demos. you hear them when they were released down the line because this next record is going to do well. (laughs) Bro, (laughs) when this mumble pass comes out, you're going to be like, dang, the record came out in the mumble pass. The mumble passes were Mm, actually the song. Yeah. No, they were literally the song. When I say melodically, I literally took the mumble passes and was like searching for words I didn't put out. It was almost yeah. like I was freestyling. Like I was on the end of improvisation. I was right. on like the almost like, side. You know what I like
0: mean? Speaking in tongues. Yeah, you're just like channeling. Yeah.
1: Come on, man. Come on. What you, what you talking about? Let me tell
0: you. See? Hey. But like I said, man, you're also talking to a, a son of, of two preachers.
1: Oh, so you know exactly what time oh, it is. Man. Okay. That explains it. Okay, here we go. You know exactly what time it is. In that case, yes, 100%. Um, yeah. There's so when you talk about his freedom, right? Mm, mm. I mean, I, I mean, there's also you can hear Mar- Nat, you can hear Marvin Gaye in 1964 when he put out like a "When I'm Alone, I Cry," and mm. he's like crooning, he's trying to be like Frank Sinatra, and he's trying to be mm. like that. Yeah. Because of you, my romance, so I'm like, wow, Marvin, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and then he breaks free, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, he also he also started. Overdubbing a lot, which I think inspired him too, uh, uh, pitting his voice against his own voice and trying to see how that texturizes. You know how that how that makes your brain work <laughs> a little different. You know, and, it does. And, and how he can finesse it by challenging himself by saying, "Yeah, that's a good vocal, but let me do it again to accompany that." You know, not not just to harmonize, not just to be you know super obsessive over one part or whatever, but just just to be a back and forth to be like two tandem singers in a different way. But sometimes you want to do it, sometimes you would. And I don't know, it's just, you could clearly see that there was just a a process over that rhythm though, that he was just wanting to refine, you know, that's all it was all about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something I noticed too, Mm. and this is something that I'm really big on when I'm singing. And I think this may be my rhythmic approach too. Like I have my rhythmic phrasing with my vocal, my vocal choice, my melodic Mm -hmm. choice is something I think that's very different because I, the drummer in me comes up with different ways to phrase me- melody. Yeah. Um, even just, you know, starting on a downbeat versus like, just the way you, you you sing over the bar. You know, there's a phrase mm. I have on Tell Me You Love Me um, where I sing the first verse is like, lately I've been feeling so alone. I'm afraid of the silences here in a home. I says, all I hear is clicking and footsteps, mm. whispers and regrets conversation on the phone mm. it's too quiet for me is there room for me i can read your energy like that kind of stuff is like yeah. really clever phrasing but if you rhythmically put it out without the notes you would
0: be like "Ooh," you know like yeah like yeah because it, it, it's so satisfying in its timing yeah it's it's Keeps you in it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. And
1: so, what's funny is you don't get that unless you get the feeling of the
0: song out first. Mm, Yeah. Well, because because I know, I know, I know his. It wasn't always like theoretical all the time, but like. One thing, especially when I was younger, like reflect on, well, I, and you think of the Get Back documentary just came out, Uh but like McCartney, like Paul McCartney, like, you know, he mumbles a lot. He would just make up nonsense, but rhythmic or like melodic nonsense over, you know, the beginning click track or rhythm or whatever. But like, yeah, that was his like main thing was just nonsense. Like, I'm just going to come out and then I'll swap out that six syllable nonsense word <laughs> into maybe two, you know, three syllable words or like, you know, whatever. But you that's where it gets creative, you know. And I'm sure yeah. that's fun for maybe someone like you in particular because that's it's more timing. It's like you're just cutting up the timing more. <laughs> yeah, man. And and you know
1: the other thing is too, we've advanced technology wise too in mm. this era where there's, I mean, because I, I I I have this this habit of leaving all of my takes into a session, mm. and then what ends up happening is when I take a break from it and come back to it, sometimes I can end up leaving. A lot of the takes in Mm, end mm. up with this party perspective from one because I have a song that does that where I have a lot of takes that I kind of put a bunch of ideas down on. It's like mumble Mm -hmm. passes, Mm -hmm. and the mumble passes are the melody. But then I'll get the actual melody and then sing it overdub it, Mm -hmm. and then what I end up doing is taking all the mumble pass takes that sound kind of cool. I just keep them in there, and then. I'll just take them in with technology. There's a lot you can do when it comes to spatial and like, you can put stuff in different sides of the ear and you can, you can do a lot of things that can create this mood of a song. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so that's also an element.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, And and, uh, I mean, I know, I know don't need to be obsessive with the album, but like, like what's going on, like the overdubbing with like the party sounds and like the people, it just gives a different ambiance. I mean, your your headspace is is uh it's taken up, <laughs> you know. It's not just like there's a guitarist over here, there's the drum in the middle, and you know the hi hats on your left, and then the singers you know pivoted you know slightly to the left. Or the other. it's like no, you can. There's a whole crowd too, and there's there's little things. Uh, yeah. But yeah, compounding all that is what makes it feel more of a production. You know, it feels more of like that wall of sound, you know, type of uh, sensation because uh, it's, it's everything's filled, um, but how it should be you know? And I mean, that's the balance. That's, that's actually getting it balanced. <laughs> I like that,
1: man. Yeah. Yeah. man, it's record making, bro. Especially when you're doing it like that, man, it's such a spiritual experience too. Mm. It's like, it's a, it's the, to me, it's the biggest level of growth, like the biggest form of growth that can happen for an artist is to actually go through a process of finding their sound and searching yeah. for something
0: musically. Right. You know? Yeah. Like working to refine yourself, but <sighs> music just, Maybe just happens to be the catalyst this time. <laughs> no, you're every, no, no line. That is the truth,
1: bro. Like mm-hmm. music is 100%. I think the catalyst that I've used to really find out what, who, how it is 100% been the vehicle for me. And I, And what's so funny is even spiritually, man, the way you reach and the way you're trying to like do that soul work, mm-hmm. if you're doing that, through the music, you end up telling people things and getting what I call those really honest moments musically. The lyrics, mm. you end up because if you're doing that and it's all a part of the same, you know, trajectory of bearing yeah. your soul, which to me is why soul music is something I really love. Mm. Uh, man, it's pretty powerful.
0: Yeah. So, well, it's there's there's no BS. There's no hiding. You're not, you know. That that's what makes it so great. That's also what makes music uh such a potent, powerful thing is like you literally become the music as you're listening to it. But if you're if you're being if you're listening to music, like it it's you can't hide if you've done it wrong or right. I mean, I know you can you can finesse a lot of things, but you know what I mean. Like <laughs> if someone want, expects you to play something and you don't play it, like it's very obvious, you know? Like yeah. and and it's just it just hits you. I mean, if you, that, and I, I always say this uh, like all the time when people are learning the guitar and get frustrated or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sometimes it gets really frustrating because the note is, it, you don't want it. Like it sounds bad. Like and and it and you have to remember you're using a tool of expression. So it's like your body, you're you're literally like responding to that. Like you did not like that noise. You didn't like it. Like you really didn't like it. <laughs> like you wasn't it, you just didn't play it right. Like you didn't like it. Like your body was like, ugh. No. <laughs> yeah, I like that. He's like, you did not like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's but,
1: so
0: true, yeah. man. Yeah, but that's why when it comes together, it does feel like magic, you know. But it's a lot of work, you know, to get it coordinated and stylized, and 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 especially when you're at full control. Sometimes you have to figure out when the job is done. <laughs> that's, that's the truth for real. Yeah. Well, what uh, you know. What kind of advice would you give yourself? um, You know, like ten years ago. Ah, Perhaps.
1: that's a good question, man. What kind of advice do I give myself 10 years ago? Um, 10 years ago, I was 25. So, wow. Mm Wow. Slow down. Hmm slow down that's the first thing that comes to mind um at 25 i was doing a lot man i was i was a uh, i was a young father number one um mm. <laughs> i was a young husband you know and mm. uh i was running fast after my dreams you know uh and in running fast after my dreams i think I had a lot of great experiences, but some of them I didn't cherish as much as I should have. You know, Mm. I had a lot of great tours, a lot of great shows. I mean, man, but it's all a blur now, you know? Mm. Uh, When I say a blur, I remember some of it, but I had some really impactful experiences. And if I would have slowed down, I would have really taken advantage of them in a different Mm. kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you could say it's natural right you know sure. when people when you're younger right you could, people can could that but I just remember I, I look back sometimes and think about some of the opportunities I had to make music with certain people and how I would have treated them a little differently you know when it comes to just what I what I would have tried to gain or take from them you know um, sure and, yeah. and you know also too when I say slow down I mean like when you are going fast, you make certain decisions that not that are not always the best decisions, you know. Mm. And so, I'll just for me, I go back to that and say, I would just slow down a little bit, man. Just take my time a little more and not be as as hasty with how much I was saying yes to certain gigs and certain opportunities, you know. Because all of it, not all of it, is memorable, <laughs> mm. you know. Now, granted, did no. I learn something? Of course, in hindsight. Yeah. But um, I just I don't believe in being Fast doesn't win the race it doesn't mm. and uh, if you if you if you subscribe to that kind of activity um, sometimes you can think that that's what got you where you where you are but when I look back on it it wasn't the speed that I was going that got me here you know mm. it wasn't it wasn't how fast I was moving that has got me to this point point. and what yeah. I'm learning now is the more slowly and, and, and strategic I am about where I go next, the better it all works out. Hmm. you know so yeah no not just saying yes to a
0: gig just because you know like (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) no no no, actually you know what i mean yeah yeah find a different definition of balance (laughs) facts yeah yeah Yeah. well and i think that's a pretty normal uh problem for a young person uh, especially nowadays in modern terms with how many things you can either give your time to, or if you want to call it a distraction or whatever uh, <laughs> you, you, if you're not like disciplined uh, I don't know, you, you just might get um, like you, you talking about wanting to slow down and stuff and really focus. It just, it, it cause it just makes me think about like why I'm doing this show actually is <laughs> because like when I, I was, I went to school for this kind of production work, like um, it was 10 years ago, but I, I, I did it. I went was in school for it for, basically four and a half years, but I didn't finish in it. Um, cause I just had some bad personal experiences and a couple of professors that just didn't inspire me and I don't come from money. So I was kind of freaked out when they kept telling me it's going to be like really hard. It's <laughs> so like, Oh my God. So I switched to marketing. Um, and yeah. I've been, I've been in marketing and stuff for the last seven years. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I got scared of the, like the future and I also got too obsessed with the future, like just trying to plan and like, I wasn't living or like trying to appreciate things like as they are or like you know how things are developing and uh you saying that just i don't know i, I can relate to what you mean of just saying like living too much in the future maybe yeah <laughs> to, just, it, yeah
1: yeah and you know what it is man it's just being being present bro that's all yeah. just trying to yeah. be present and i just look back at some of those moments where i was just not present
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. And,
1: and I just learned a lot from. Them. So, what I would tell myself is like, you know, slow down, like, take advantage of those moments, like, be more in the moment versus what you want to do next, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm at now. I mean, I'm literally sitting. When I tell you, I'm trying to be as present as possible in this season of my life because I, I have worked hard. I have worked mm-hmm. hard. And I, and honestly, man, in, in the creative field, in, in this creative musician, Uh, I guess you can say whatever creative field you're in creative arts in general it's very easy very easy to not see work as work right Mm. there's like this really interesting dichotomy that happens between like what's work and what's fun what's art like what's but we can spend a whole year and a half on a project and think that we haven't worked
0: (laughs) you know what I'm saying (laughs) yeah yeah for sure and just, and also sometimes the inverse where like you sit on something you did that you're like well that that we did that maybe a little too easily i don't think that'll work and then you gotta yes! kind of move on and you come back to you're like that that was great what the hell
1: exactly <laughs> it's like it's like we have we don't we 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 are horrible judges of ourselves when it comes mm-hmm. to our effort our time our attention it's because our brain is thinking about
0: what's next all the time oh yeah our background yeah. brains always trying to complicate things, and it's like, well, that's fine, but come on. <laughs> you know, I have to tell myself the other day, I was like, man, no, like, no, yeah,
1: like, should I be working on more music? I'm about to go on tour. I'm about to play some drums. I'm about to be out on the road. I'm about to play. Like, I, I have completed my album. I've, I, I, wait a minute. Actually, let me just worry about playing the drums right now. When people <laughs> hear the music then I'll worry about that when it's time. To, you see what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, almost like. Yeah.
0: Oh, big you know, time. But, yeah. but that, that, discernment, that idea of coming to terms with yourself of saying like, no, this is that, that, that's a very, um, that, that's a very strong practice. Like that's this practice. That I think a lot of people uh, are disciplined that people need to really, uh, bone up on <laughs> like nowadays, because <laughs> I think, you know, maybe 20 years ago, prior to the hyperization of instant gratification uh maybe it was a little harder to act that way um i I, kind of feel that way because there's just less distractions but i just feel like nowadays you really have to be cognizant and self-aware of like i'm i'm taking this way too seriously or like you know like this isn't like uh like yeah just just really being aware of how things are and 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 having open conversation with people about that you know and 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 like what you're alluding to before like having um um, fellowship with people so you can understand how to critique yourself or, you know, just build up those tools. So you're not beating yourself up. You're, 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 you're just, uh, you're just, you're just fixing yourself. You're just adjusting, you're making adjustments, but that's why like mentorship is such a huge thing. Like I, I just, I, I, I I almost yell it at young people that I run into (laughs) if they don't like have someone that reflects, you know, that type of idea, just because, you know, like I said, like my, my father is a preacher and, um, obviously I was in his shadow for forever and, uh, <laughs> and, and when I moved on and grew up, you know, I, I just always leaned into that. Like if I was an associate pastor or if I took on this job and wanted to, you know, be a good salesperson, I would like talk to the best salesperson and be like, Hey, can you show me things? And like, yeah, they would try and just show me their pro tips of like, this is how you do that faster. This is how you do that. I'm like, that's cool. But like, I want to spend some time with you. Like, I want to understand the character of like success not just what it looks like i want to understand what it feels like and that's character that disposition or whatever and like that's practice you get that through practice you know just like you get to figure out who you are by practicing life because <laughs> everything in life is a freaking practice doesn't matter but cuz cuz it's just that's how you figure it out that's how you figure it out and and if you don't know how to figure it out you got to find a mentor that can you know at least show you five steps ahead of you how to do it's somewhat better, <laughs> you know, bro, you are
1: dropping gems on this. <laughs> you're you right. You, let me tell you, it's, you know, uh, okay. So I have a, uh, t- first of all, I agree with everything you're saying about the concept okay, of thanks. practice. Just to make <laughs> me think about the word decisions too, mm. like there's certain, the, the concepts of words like awareness. Cause see, to me, in the creative arts, I have a mission statement every year that I re-sculpt. I had a mentor of mine who I kind of like reached out to to help me work through some stuff in the pandemic. Talking mm-hmm. about mentoring and apprenticeship and sitting up under people who, who, you know, maybe you're led to, you know, get information yeah. from. That also breeds a certain level of humility as well. Mm-hmm. And it kind of keeps you in a perspective to understand value, what's really important, right?
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And I had a a, a guy, um, his name was uh, Ulysses Owens, um, from great drummer from my hometown. Plays with Christy McBride for years. I mean, has mm. I mean, the, the list goes on for what he's done and what he's doing, even off the drums and on the drums. Just really a a, a ridiculous uh, renaissance man. Mm. <laughs> he told me one time, I never forget this. He was like, "Man, like you know, if you could sum yourself up in one word, what would it be?" And he was getting me to think a little bit broader about just planning strategic planning about what it is I really want what, what it is that I'm really what it was about my yeah. purpose right And so yeah. I had one word called amplify and I never forget it because this has been what I've been on for the past two years now and, it's, and and my mission statement was to amplify and engage with each soul for a deeper revelation of oneself one song, one note, one encounter at a time. That basically Mm. encompasses me as a singer, as a drummer, as a person. Mm. Basically like soul work, like amplify and engage, meaning like buoyancy, meaning uplift, but also participate in. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, That being said, there's a level of reflection and self-awareness that has to come with just me first before I do that. Right. (laughs) And, and so I kind of spend my morning, my wife would tell you, you know, I, even this morning, I went to, I live in Gentilly in New Orleans and I have Lake Pontchartrain, like right up the street from my house. Mm. So I drop my daughter off at summer camp and I, I go to the water and I sit out at the water. Some people call it meditation. Everybody has different words for it. Right. But sure. for me, it's the quiet time that I spend that actually prepares my awareness to kind of operate.
0: Right. 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 Oh, that silence I like, I like to call it like your brain like baseline like you gotta Bro. build like a foundation of like who you are and then your day complicates that <laughs> yes recalibration like I
1: need it yeah. like I can always tell if I have not spent that 20 30 minutes Yo. in
0: complete silence oh dude me too I, I actually had an awakening about this uh within the last year that uh I had told my wife um, You know, uh, I don't remember where I read it, but like, you know, saying like three things you're really grateful for and then like plan, you know, three other things you need to do today, three things for the week, like some random practice like this. This was during the pandemic where I just wasn't feeling, you know, productive and, you know, there weren't as many options. You know, everyone was feeling off. And like so this was one of my ways of trying to think a little different. But then I also started to recap how like when I was growing up, like my mom used to like pray on the car ride to the school yeah <laughs> and so and she would do it almost the full time because obviously like i talk a lot and in my whole family we can all just speak forever and so we would go into like she would go into immense detail i mean she would be just so expressive about like just um just i mean you know there are words of affirmation of like we want this to happen this is happening we're grateful for this whatever it was just a lot of expression and i just realized that like seeing that almost basically every day i was also like doing exactly what we were just talking about. (laughs) I was building up those ideas of like, what's going to happen today? What's going to happen this week? You know, who am I? You know, just like those things that you, you really have to, you have to process. Like you really have to run through. Cause like, I I don't know about you, but like, I, I, I like who I am, but I always have to work on that. And I don't ever want to feel like I always know who I am because then I feel like I'm not paying attention. (laughs) And so yeah. And so I feel like those types of um, practices of just building up your ideas of what today is going to be alone is, is just huge to take anxiety off of your shoulders of like, do I know what I'm doing? Or, 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 or um, imposter syndrome, like saying like, I, is this really something that like is suited for me like why would they want me like that type of stuff is just like remembering like how you got there you know and again having partnership or having fellowship with a mentor or something so you can say those open things to people and and really address them and not just let it be fleeting because i just think bro (laughs) you're
1: speaking in ways that are like to because to me this new era for me or not even new era but this 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 um new space musically Mm -hmm. that I've been in has been because of a clarity of mind, right? Mm, yeah. It's the clarity of mind that has actually allowed me to see what's already been there. That's, yeah. that's the thing that's so interesting to me, right? Mm. It's because this stuff is like not new. Like what I'm doing now is actually been in me. Mm. <laughs> it's been there. It's It's right. been brewing. Right. But the only way you can actually hear it and feel it, see it and have is to have those moments to kind of flush out like all of the mucus. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I I, I know I don't know we expected to go here, but I just think, man, I just I just really believe that that kind of awareness that we're speaking about goes hand in hand when it comes to iconic sounds, approaches, and and even the Mm. inverse. Because some people, I mean, think about, let's be honest, bro. Like each period has, each era of music has a drug attached to it, right? Mm. Like if you want to really be honest. So there's like other extremes people go with to get certain results, right? You know, everybody does things differently, right? But on the inverse, it's like also for me, I find that the more I can quiet the noises in my head, the more I can like silence those kind of like, and just recalibrate that brain, the more music just starts to brew. I mean, the more yeah. notes, man, and the more yeah. concepts and sounds ideas, you know,
0: well, yeah. Clarity comes with efficiency. Like, you know, it's like just cleaning it up. You feel like, okay. it's it, it, Cause you know, the the simple equation of input equals output is very simple, but when you can clarify everything that's being, put in then the output is just going to be better you know i just bro, it just doesn't matter that's just always going to work that way
1: <laughs> i told my friend yesterday i had a friend that came to the water with me in the morning we went for like an hour walk and uh, uh he's trying to get healthy and work out i work out a couple times a week and he's like man i'm, I'm trying to get my stomach off of me so i said okay let's go <laughs> so he's like oh, i'm coming to work out which i was like cool so we went to the water yesterday mm-hmm. and you know the funny part is i told him i was like man I was like, you know, you have to kind of make these moments important. I was like, there's a reason yeah. why it's not easy. Yeah. Like, there's a reason yeah. why it's not easy to set a daily appointment like that.
0: Yeah. Like, no, it's not I easy. Mean, that, that's a definition of like discipline. It's like it's like like the part of it that's not easy isn't the actual doing; it's the keep doing. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, it's just because. It's just because consistency is, is, is everything. I mean, you look at anyone that's been doing something for a long time and, and they're going to blow anyone out of the water that just started. Like, it doesn't matter. Like I, it just, you got to keep it up and you got to keep pursuing it. I mean, yeah. it's just the only way you're going to get like super good at, at anything. Communicating freaking like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like me, you, you're talking about, you, you know, reflecting on yourself and realizing like at your soul, at your core, like this is like who you are and what you want to do and stuff like that. Like, like me, like I had to look at my foundations and realize that like I'm a networker, like I'm a fellowship type of person yeah. and because of my parents um, and because of how I was raised. Um, and that's why when I pivoted to marketing, um, because when I was going to school for audio video productions, I wasn't doing that. I was doing it not to fellowship. I was doing it because it was what I wanted to do. And I wanted to be behind the camera and produce things. Very me, 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 me. And I realize now that the reason why I've put so much more effort into my marketing stuff or or into this show, is because this is really me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the fellowship and the interaction and the and and the promoting, you know, of, of people that are you know just uh, just just beautiful things. Like I, that's just uplifting. Like that's what I've always been geared to do, and and now I'm I actually feel it, <laughs> you Which know, because I'm doing podcast, it. I'm guessing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, cause, cause like I said, you know, I, I've been in marketing and sales for the last seven years and uh, when COVID hit, I literally, half of my market is events. So literally almost overnight, like I, my job totally changed and like, just like a lot of people, I don't want to yeah. make it sound just to me. Um, <laughs> Everybody but, uh, right? all went through it. It's <laughs> like, Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did that happen? No, but, uh, but, and so when it happened, like I just, I just started reflecting really hardcore like about like my investments like you know friends that like we used to hang out for years and like we haven't talked because we went to different schools and we're in different cities or like whatever I'm like no 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 man i'm gonna call them up i'm gonna call that fool up like we're gonna catch up you know and then thinking about like schooling and like just projects or, or 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 just hobbies of mine from the past and just that's what i really did and so as i started thinking about literally what i went to school for originally i was like i I have most of the equipment to at least get the podcast started and oh this is the other thing when i was in school for this type of stuff podcasts weren't a thing they <laughs> that wasn't on the board of options it wasn't even like a casual thing of like you just yeah. like to listen to it and it's like no one was doing that to make money or like to you know produce people like that way that just wasn't an avenue uh so so um yeah so that's why i did i was like you know what i'm, I'm gonna and like what you said, I, 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 maybe I felt nervous at first, but I really wanted to practice and get consistent so I could figure out one, if it is what I want to be. Um, but two, just to figure out who I am, like, uh, as a salesperson, okay, this is the other thing. I'm an outside salesperson. So when I go to businesses, most of the time I have to convince them to work with us and ha- you know, maintain the relationship. So it's not just a, you know, passive interaction most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so this has really tried to, this has been my idea of marrying, uh, that networking part of me, how much I love music deeply, um, and then um, just the fellowship side, just the you know the genuine you know interaction like that kind of stuff, and that's why I like these open conversation type of podcasts is because like this feels real to me because it is real, yeah, it <laughs> you is. know.
1: Yeah, and, and and not only is it real, man, you really get to see. Exactly where you because I'm gonna tell you talking to people like yourself, but even I mean, this is not my first podcast, right? Hmm. But every time I get on a podcast, what you see is that you're not that different from everyone hmm. and that everybody is choosing to to approach their hurdles in different ways, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. But or to showcase we're all, different things,
1: yeah, exactly. But we're actually like there's some
0: core things that are really similar like oh yeah the same you know uh and and we're all living our own little realities and stuff (laughs) but when you can can, you can come together and someone can say something in a certain way or reference something that like you know I, i mean i say it all the time on the show but it's a beautiful thing to actually be seen like nowadays to someone to say like you know that album or you've listened to my song or like whatever and they like pinpoint like oh that one lyric was awesome or that Change that timing change was beautiful, or whatever. Like, oh man, like, thank you. Like, like, I, you know, that, that's just that's an awesome, like, feeling. Um, it is, it is, man. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. You. Well, is, yeah. Oh, let's go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, too, man, like, like, um, <laughs> I think the music industry in general, too, is I think we're doing a better job now of being more open and communicating more. I think the pandemic had a a, a part Mm. in that and being more transparent with each other, just in in general, just having more conversing, conversing more, being more open. But man, I definitely think that there's a thing that, that that was around in the industry where musicians, you know, it was like colleagues versus friends. So there was like a lack Mm. of relationships. Right. Yeah, You would have some mentality. It's
0: like, I don't want to get you too close. Because this is my secret. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which I think that the
1: pandemic opened up a nice kind of vulnerable spot for lots of creatives to just be open and honest with each other, and mm. just talk, and just like, cause, and to me that also informs the music as well. Like, yeah, that's what you know. A lot of just conversing, because I feel like before, man, you definitely could find yourself in your own little, you know, space. You know, and, it, and it, it it distances kind of like the real collaboration that should mm. take place in art, you know, and because yeah. uh, even us talking like this, man, like these I, like this, this kind of I mean, you'd be surprised how difficult it is, or how difficult it was to get into a conversation with the artist about it, all of it <laughs> mm. versus just about the current gig or
0: this latest yeah. piece. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. Well, because just talking about practice, I mean, you also have to practice communicating (laughs) and being an effective communicator, you know, because I I think especially nowadays, I think just a lot of people are a little more assumptive than they want to maybe think they are. (laughs) Well, they know what they mean or they know what I mean. I don't really have to say that. like i mean I, i'm a very talkative person so like i, I feel like like i'm just I, like because like again like as a salesperson I'm like they might think this way so i'm gonna reach out and i'm gonna send them this thing too or like i don't know um and then like musically if i'm like trying to coordinate or whatever it's like yeah i'm, I'm down to talk or or like i'll plan it i'll tell you, you just tell me if i'm wrong like you know it's like i'm just down to just do whatever i'm down to talk <laughs> but you, you have to be it. into that you know and, that's, and that's the networking part of like being an artist or or whatever is. That's like, I, I say it sometimes like you can't just be Jimi Hendrix in a dark room by yourself. Like you have to, he, like he had to be taught and he had to network, he had to get plugged in, you know, there was, it's like, he didn't just like find the yellow brick road that sent him to stardom. Like there was just like, this doesn't work that way. It was, it was a lot of invisible work if you want to put it like that. Um, yeah. But, it, but it's just that networking part is so crucial, you know, to get along with each other and build fellowship and makes you feel more secure too, as an artist and as an individual. And and like what you were saying before about, you know, how you have creative power over what you're doing now, it's like, there's that freedom. Like you can, you can flex and flux and it doesn't matter. You're just you. And, uh, and if you mess up, you know, they got you, you know, and, and if you learn something better then you just got better, like who who cares if you didn't know that before, (laughs) you know, don't beat yourself up, but like, it's just, just keep pursuing. That's the main Uh, thing. I agree with that. 100%. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, besides music, do you have any other hobbies or interests, anything like that?
1: Um, let me see, family, man. Family is really important for me. You know, my wife mm-hmm. and my daughter, I have a wife of I'm married for eleven years, and I have my daughter who's eight years old. Oh, um man. <laughs> and man, to be honest, like the past couple weeks I've just been like dadding hard. Disney World <laughs> home. Just being present at home with family. Yeah. Um, That's great. Uh, yeah, when I do go out and about, you know, I don't have that. So, um Yeah. Hobby? Definitely. I love food. I'm a food guy. That is like one of my I love food. <laughs> I'm a foodie,
0: as they say. Is that um, Is that your uh your like touring hobby? It's like finding a hot spot? <laughs> big time. I'm about to come up though on a tour.
1: I'm about to do this tour with a guy named Boss Skaggs coming up in uh Oh wow, really? Nice. Next week. And I'm about to put myself on some strict restrictions for this tour, mm. and uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be tough because <laughs> one thing I love to do on the road is to go and look up what is the most, what is the hit spot in this area, in this city, and I research yeah. it before I get there. I go to it. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. I need to start a food podcast. Actually, I need to start a uh, food page. I want to do that really bad, but this tour is not going to be the tour. I put myself on some restrictions because I have to go on another tour in October. That's mm-hmm. going to be about 45 days in Europe. And Damn I don't want true. to be on restrictions in Europe. And <laughs> <laughs> Europe, I want to be able to experience, you know, the whole thing. So yeah. to that's talk about balance and, and discipline and all those things, some, you know, as, as I love my food, definitely going to have to put some parameters on this next tour um, yeah. with us. Uh, cool respect (laughs) respect yeah right
0: what you gotta do man
1: (laughs) no no you have to no no trust me and i have many more tours to come and they won't but i know this tour when you have it's a six-week tour and then i have another eight week coming up those are long you can do some damage if you're not careful Mm. in that amount of time so you just want to be a little careful so to speak of my love for food you can hear my awareness of (laughs) right um uh You're responsible but family,
0: foodie.
1: Right? <laughs> responsible foodie. There we go. Very responsible. I try to be. Um, but my family is really cool. I love sports. I love basketball. Oh, okay. I love watching basketball. That is 100 percent a pastime of mine. I, I'm a LeBron James fan. And I like seeing teams put together great teams. Mm. I love the organization of basketball teams when they put together the right matchups. Yeah. Right. You know, I, something about that makes me really
0: happy to see. Oh yeah. See a, um, a team flow really well together.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean from the whole nine, that's why the Warriors to me, I'm not a Warriors fan, but I oh, think
0: the yeah. organization oh, is absolutely. That's so mean, impressive. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, yeah. They're like, they're like assassins, man. That's crazy. (laughs)
1: Assassins. And then the organization, bro, they have draft picks. They have young players that are really talented. Mm -hmm. They're set up to not go anywhere for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And that the organization, that part for me, it just inspires me to, as a businessman and and that inspires me. Uh, I would say sports, let me see, food, family, um, let me see. What, what are one of my pastimes? That's pretty, music is such a dominating force <laughs> in my life.
0: Oh, you don't say.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because I do have these hobbies, but music is like a really dominating force, right? Yeah. Uh, producing records. I really have a lot of fun producing records. Mm. Um, when I'm not singing or playing and I can just Uh, getting to my editing and and just getting to my bag of
0: making. yeah. When it comes to producing and collaborating, is there any kind of like, you know, ideal musician or like a collaboration you would, you know, you would want to, you would dream of or want? (laughs) Yes. There's an artist that I would
1: love to do a record with. Um, Let me see. A few. For me, you know, I'm really big on soul music, man. So I want to like, I want to really help some artists get back into the soul music genre. Because mm. to me, R and B and soul music are two different things. To me, there's a difference, right? R and B, R and B to me sells a different message, but it's also like there's not as much uplift as you'll find in soul music. You know? Mm. Yeah, I know. What uh, you mean. Yeah, there's a message difference. There's a concept. There's a feeling. You know? Uh, and it happened back in the in the in the seven, early seventies when. When, when sex became a part of selling music, you know, mm. uh, when Marvin Gaye, you know, loved him to death. But when he started changing the tone of his music, he went R&B. But he, to me, before then was considered soul music. You know, there's yeah. a
0: lot of those Aretha Franklin, a lot of them they were considered soul music. The R&B yeah. Well, thing- it's like uh, Sam Cooke is the father of soul or whatever, because yep. he convinced a lot of gospel singers to switch to more Just of a soul style. Yeah bro, he's a
1: prime example, you know? And, uh, absolutely. Uh, Rance Allen being one of my favorites. And so not to go on music, I do like studying. uh, That's another thing. I love researching about Mm. music. I love finding out people who have different backgrounds that are not as uh, atypical, you know, I love that. That's Oh, sure.
0: Oh yeah. Well, speaking of all that, like Bill Withers is like at the top of my list, like, you know, started when he was 31 and, you know, all that stuff. Like he's is a phenomenal person. He's like, probably, I mean, I made a few posts. It's like, it's like giving us a long like, breakdown. Why I feel like he's so important. <laughs> but I like, yeah. He's, but man, like, yeah, his, his story is what made me want to make music. Honestly, it was just being like, I hailed him as like uh untouchable, like legend. And like, I thought he just came out the gate, you know, like <laughs> with these songs, just ready to roll, you know, but just like finding out, you know, he like, how, 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 um, uh, Rele- relevant like how how normal you know I could I could uh, um, relate to you know his life and then like and then like he just made the decision to like work on music and like you know and just kept it up and it was like you know playing in cafes and kept going until he just got in front of the right person and then before you know it he's in a studio with uh, Booker T and Stephen Stills and you know and they're they're getting blown away by his music and he's just like who, who am I like why are you, why are you even like working with me. I mean, literally <laughs> yep. like, it's just like, ah, oh, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, but now I, I, I know what you Clarence mean though. Clarence too, man, you know, mm.
1: Clarence Avant, bro. Talk about that kind of brain to see that kind of artist. And mm. they, they give him the world, you know, mm. like yeah. Clarence Avant to me is, is uh, yeah. You know, that record label. I mean, and then he let him keep his master. He, the man gave him ownership of his music still, mm. you know, yeah. Clarence, Clarence Avon is like, yeah. I, yeah. He, they call him the Godfather. There's a Netflix movie on him called The Godfather. And it talks about mm. his role in, in the music industry and how Bill Withers was his first artist. Oh, wow. It's pretty powerful, actually. And, and, you know, Clarence Avon is one of those people who always has his hands in just about everything from music to politics to, mm. to you know, but he 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 made that Bill Withers period, something. He put his money behind him. He basically sit here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, man. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. Uh, that music, uh, sports. What about family? Movies? I'm not a movie guy. I'm not a, like, a TV show guy. I do. Uh, yeah, man. I think that might be just about it. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? That suffices, man. I, I think I get you. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? What's your pastime? What's your hobbies? Oh, man that's a that's a deep question i, I am definitely a serial <laughs> hobbyist uh you know i i would say the main thing um because a lot of it in the last few years have definitely become more music related like like i'm a record guy like um uh, like me and my dad will go to like half prices and, and and record stores and stuff like that and just try to find you know because you know i i listen to all sorts of music so doesn't matter if it's like a beat up box of what they're just saying, like a bunch of older records, you know, or whatever, like I'll flip through that. I, I could find something, you know, like yeah. I could find that Nat King Cole album I've been looking for forever. Like who knows? Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely a record person. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> like an active hobby of mine. Um, you know, besides that, uh, I am recently, I'm getting back into comic books when I was uh, in college Mm. and I was uh, uh, more into design and ad design stuff. I was, uh, I was super into comic books. I've actually written a couple of books myself. Uh, Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I have one about um, a guy who can go sideways in time. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) And uh,
1: sideways in time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then another book called uh, superheroes anonymous where, the main characters aren't the superhero, it's the civilians in the city. And it just happens to be in a city where there's a superhero. Um, and uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that was more dramatic. Um, and even when I was younger, I didn't think that would be very popular of an idea. But I feel like now it'd be more popular because now everyone's so accustomed to like superhero this and Marvel that and what, you know, it's just oversaturated. So to give the perspective to the everyday man, I thought would be interesting. Yeah. Um, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, honestly, those two books are something I would, if, if once the show gets more momentum and, and if I can, you know, start getting some, some good money out of it, I I, I really do want to produce, publish those books. Those are something I've sat on for a long time. <laughs> Bro, so,
1: yeah, you so definitely.
0: That's <laughs> <yeah. laughs> well, so the reason I've just been reading books again, just to kind of, I don't know get that fire going again. Cause I just haven't read them. I just have kind of been out of it, but I just love art. You know, I, I, I'm just, my dad's a big art nerd. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. He's just a big appreciator for, you know, people being expressive and putting the work in. And uh, you know, cause I say it all the time about comic books is that uh, an artist could work an entire day on one panel that doesn't have one word on it. And then you flip past it in a half a second, (laughs) you know, and it's like, that's a lot of work that like, I I try to look at the panels like really like as a, you know, a keen observer, like not just like passively. And, uh, so I know I'm, I, I'm more methodical of how to like process a comic book maybe, (laughs) but I just, (laughs) but it's just, it's fun to me, I guess. (laughs) And uh, So yeah, so I've been brushing back up on that, which has been fun. I definitely, it's been like, I don't know, maybe like eight years since I've been seriously trying to read them again. So that's been, I've been enjoying that. And reading books more. <laughs> I, I love it, man. I see you got a set up behind too. You got like drums and guitars. Oh yeah, yeah. I have here. I'll show you since you're a drummer. Yeah, I have a full full kit over oh, there. You got the full
1: thing. Oh man.
0: Yeah, it's it's squeezed in there, but it's there. <laughs> I love it. Like,
1: well, yeah. I, to, I just packed down half of my drums because the truck came and picked up. I don't know if you can see above me. Mm, oh yeah, came, yeah. They came and picked up everything for this Boss Gags tour. So I, I had to load up a whole truck yesterday and they shipped Dang. it out. Oh somewhere. yeah.
0: I think I saw it on your story, loading up all the. Yeah. All this gear. Stuff. Yeah. I was like, Oh snap. I
1: forgot. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I look well,
0: forward that's to exciting. There. Well, man. Uh, I really appreciate this conversation, brother. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> hey, likewise, man, this has been really great. Like, and, and I like
1: podcasts. I, I've been trying to do more of them in general, just because, I feel like, man, I mean, I listen to podcasts all the time on the road when I get mm. uh, traveling, the uh, and So I like them because you do get a chance to have a really good conversation that ends up like really you listen back to them and You're like, oh, wow. Like you hear it differently, you know, mm. yeah. versus what you say. It's like, you know what you said, but it's like, wow, like, I don't <laughs> know the way it, the way it comes back is very interesting. So I really love this, man.
0: Uh, how long have you been doing it? Uh, oh, like the show in general, um, a yeah. little over a year and a half now I started in November of 2020, like 2020, like literally March when the world started to change, uh, I start, I didn't, I did I was kind of really pushing my normal job, like just trying to make it work, trying to, you know, get those markets back. Uh, but it was April that I started to conceptualize this thing. And then, uh, I don't, I don't include it then. I don't say that's my start because I, I, my first episode came out in November, yeah. And it was just it was just a long build up, like building the brand, networking, you know, just getting the foundation laid. Um, so yeah, I would I would say it's been active for basically a year and a half, a little over that.
1: I love it, man. I love it, bro. Man, what's a pleasure, bro? I I I, I this is a great platform <laughs> and I and I enjoy myself
0: thoroughly. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Well, um where where can people find you and, and keep up with you?
1: Man, I'm pretty easy to find. Jamison Ross, jamisonrossmusic.com, But I'm also Jamison Ross on all socials. Jamison underscore Ross on Instagram. Jamison Ross, Jamison Ross. James- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I'm easy to find, man. You can catch me playing drums uh, this fall, coming up in October one uh, through November twelfth with Snarky Puppy. Nice. Uh, we'll be on a full European tour supporting the latest album in Prior Central. Um, most importantly. You can catch Jamison Ross with my new single, Tell Me You Love Me, and the new music video that is out now and an album forth to come in September. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Really looking forward to being a part of helping and redefining the sound of soul music, man. That's really my ultimate goal. Uh, And and with my productions, my productions from artists to the music that I put out on my own, Uh, you'll be hearing from me a lot. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Sam. And uh, I look forward to the next time.
0: Yeah, man. Well, definitely have you back anytime you want <laughs> yeah man that's what's up bro well that's a pleasure man thank you yeah yeah likewise well and next time uh if i'm in your area or if you're in dallas we gotta meet up <laughs> bro
1: dallas too yeah i got you i got you i'm in new york <laughs> so we can trade food
0: spots you know there we go <laughs> well it sounds like a plan well thanks again brother
1: you too man what's up